Welcome to Speak Up Sister. We are your hosts, Jamie and Jody, and we are advocates for women of Christ discovering and using their voices. We're here to support you in speaking up and making vital contributions in your most crucial conversations. So come on in and take a seat with us. You're in the right place. We just came off of a terrific conference weekend, and several of the talks given by women had Jody and I talking and discussing and wanting to share some of the ideas that were introduced there and that we feel have been um, increasingly popular themes in our personal lives and in, in, uh, in church uh, discussions. Um, and that is women, their place, how women are speaking up, how they're being invited to, uh, to take a more proactive role in, in their homes, in their marriages, in their workplace, in their councils of the church, and a variety of, of other. Um. And so Jody and I have just been talking a lot about what this means. And, and we were very impressed by uh, some of the things that were said this weekend, specifically how the, the female leaders of the church are addressing these topics, um, what types of invitations they are giving, and what those invitations going to, what they mean for us personally. Uh, there's been, you know, there's been a lot of history, Jody, wouldn't you say, of women taking a back seat in throughout, throughout the church oh, and throughout history? Yes. Absolutely. And Sister Bingham uh, addressed that directly. She said, females in many societies in the history of our world became subservient to males rather than side-by-side partners, Mm -hmm. and their activities were limited to a narrow scope. Um, Yeah, we have a tradition of being behind the scenes that, that we're needing to come up out of and that we're being invited to come up out of. Yes. And this is work that it's going to be work. It's going to take effort. It's not just going to fall into our lap, offer opportunities to step up. Right. We're going to have to create them and and take them and own them. Yeah. And it will require effort, which is exciting because like our prophet just said, the Lord loves effort. <laughs> and and as we as we give effort, We'll be increased in our strength, in our creative capacities, our problem-solving capacities. We'll just develop all sorts of, of godly characteristics along this path. And, and effort um, implies control as well. So that yeah. as women, it, in a situation where we might not feel that we have as much control, or we feel like some of that may have been taken from us or we don't know how to assert that the effort that we Mm. make will give us more personal control and and just more contentment in our relationships and in our situations. So on that note, I'd like to funnel our our talking about this to something that Sister Joy D. Jones said in her talk. She She was talking about women and their divine... Um, errands from the Lord. And she said this, we have a divine errand from the Lord and our faithful, unique contributions are vital. Now Mm. this stuck out to me because, you know, it's one of those beautiful sayings that you could 
put in curly writing and put it on a meme <laughs> and send it to your friends. Yeah. And we will all say, yes, I resonate with that. A faithful, unique contribution. But I have mm-hmm. a couple important questions about this that I think, Jody would be good to discuss today, which is, first of all, do you believe that you have a place at the table? And do you believe that our faithful, unique contributions are vital? So Jody, I'm going to ask you the first part of that. Do you believe personally that you have a place at the table? Ah, yeah. I think I'm in good company with so many other women of our faith tradition that that I want to believe that mm-hmm. and yeah. and on a superficial level logically I can believe that and especially when Sister Jones just makes the statement uh, but I think on a deeper level it, I have to work hard to be able to to really feel that that's true inside myself and for me personally I think because of the tradition that I've come from of of women typically just taking more of a passive role that uh my general talk to myself is even along the lines of yeah whatever you do you'll just be small you'll just you'll just if you're able to to have an influence, it'll be small. So just let that be enough. Um, but that is not what this statement feels like to me. This feels like a statement that invites me to rise up and do an important work. And I have a little bit of a story about that. I would have to say that much of my life has been spent striving to do what I believed was the right thing to do, but not not ever being really directly clear about it. Mm. And years ago, I was serving as the Relief Society president in my ward, and I went to a ward council. Uh, and I don't, I don't remember any details ar- around this because the story was relayed to me later. But apparently we were discussing some events that were going to affect the ward as a whole. And we took turns going around the room to the different offices and letting everybody share their ideas and contributions about how it would go. And things seemed to be going in a certain direction. And apparently when it came to me, I expressed some thoughts and uh, a perspective that was different from the flow And whatever I shared had the effect of changing the entire course of action that we took as a ward. Now, I don't even remember this happening. It was an experience that was noticed by another brother who was in that meeting, and he relayed it to me several months later. Uh, But talking about talking about it in the context of speaking up and making a difference. And so this is key to me in a couple ways. First of all, I didn't even realize that that's what was happening. I'm grateful that I went with what what felt like the right thing at the time. I'm grateful that I did that. Uh, and his estimation was that we ended up with the better result. Uh, but I do wish that it had been more deliberate 
because then I think I could have shown up in, in more power. I like that. Yeah, I think if we expect to approach each situation as if what we're giving, we are giving on purpose, and what's coming to us is coming because it matters, and not that we can't be flexible or that we can't coordinate with people or, uh, you know, make things happen in a group. It's not always my way or the highway. But, but if we show up on purpose, I think that has a, a, a definitely a different effect. That's a great story. It's inspiring. I mean, mm-hmm. on a few different levels. It, <laughs> really, it is. Because, I mean, we, we talk about councils and there's been a lot of movement and I think a lot of growth and, and a lot of capacity in many, many councils throughout the world. People are doing great, you know, in, in lots of their mm-hmm. world counseling. Uh, but at the same time, there's still there's still needs there. There's still uh, desires in women to express better and differently. And uh, yeah. and this is hopeful because it, it also shows that even if we're not fully aware of where and how we're showing up, we're still, like the efforts that we are making, they're enough. They're enough. Yes. Yes. And they're oh, still yeah, having impact, even if we're not always aware at the time of the mm-hmm. impact that they're having. You know, something that Sister Jones said in her talk as well, in talking about unique contributions, she made a personal admission, and she uses those words, my personal admission today is that as a woman, I didn't realize earlier in my life that I had access through my covenants to the power of the priesthood. And she was, of course, referring to uh, a lot of this discussion around how to harness priesthood power, how to increase revelatory power, how to increase revelation yes. personally. And, but what she said here, I thought was significant because that admission itself was powerful. Now, yeah. I love that she said it that way. And obviously she has been blessed with extraordinary opportunities for influence. So even though she may not have realized earlier in her life that she had specific mm-hmm. access. She was still able to take advantage of it, I think, to a degree. And it's just that now she can be more specific about, you know, her prayers will be different, right? As will yours and mine as we, you know, as I'm praying yes. to access the power of the priesthood through my covenants. It, it shifts what some of the outcome will be. It will be more pers- purposeful. It will be, you know, my my goals and my actions Um and my showing up, my taking a place at the table will be more... More deliberate? Yeah, that's a good word. More deliberate. That's a good word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, yeah, there just is an increase in power in doing doing the right thing and doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It feels differently. It's yeah. like when your cells in your body need water and you drink... Um, a sugar drink or you drink with the water Mm. (laughs) and you just feel fed quickly like it just kind of permeates throughout your body to have just exactly what you need it 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 has that type of effect for me I feel it inside differently yes yes okay so I have a question for you Jamie Mm -hmm. uh based on sister jones's remarks she calls this a contribution that is vital. Yeah. Yep. Will you share your thoughts on what vital 
means? Well, in terms of our contributions, uh, it means that they're important. And in fact, vital means even absolutely necessary or essential. Right. So it means that you're showing up, I, I feel, exactly where the Lord kind of needs you to be. And and I say it this way because I think we we sometimes think about our unique contribution or their vitality with a direct link to their popularity, to the number of people that can know and understand and see mm-hmm. what we have accomplished and mm-hmm. and can praise us or or uh, it, somehow we we are fed from a, an awareness of, of who we are and what we're doing. So so yeah. something's vitality yeah, the scope of impact. Yes. yes. Yeah, good scope of impact. So its vitality is linked to that which I don't I don't agree that those are linked necessarily. Now no. obviously there are people that do wonderful vital work. But I do think that just showing up exactly where the Lord needs you to be. And that could be, I don't know, cleaning up a mess that a toddler leaves, whether it's your toddler Mm. or somebody else's. Um, It could be to speak (laughs) out if a business associate is laughing at a, I don't know, degrading racial remark or something. Um, It can be when you're with a good group of God-fearing women who are gossiping about somebody else. And, and having to <laughs> show up and say, ah, my vital contribution in this moment is to say that I don't go there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, or even lead, I can lead this to a better place. Right, right. Yeah. Or I, yep, yep, mm-hmm. or I can take control of this and just just <laughs> drive it somewhere else. Uh, that, that is a great skill. Oh, we should have a podcast on that. That was a good idea. Mm. Um, <laughs> it makes me think of two of a years ago I remember this Thomas S. Monson gave a talk and he he said this little poem which I've remembered since then and it goes like this it goes father where shall I work today and my love flowed warm and free then he pointed out a tiny spot and said tend that for me I answered quickly oh no not that why no one would ever see no matter how well my work was done, not that little place for me. And the word he spoke, it was not stern. Are thou working for them or me? Nazareth was a little place, and so was Galilee. I love wow. that. Not because, yes. not because I, okay, I like big contributions. I think they're important. And they, they have a, an important place to guide and to influence. But I tend to do this. Father, where shall I work today? And my love <laughs> will flow warm and free. I, I am so willing. I am so willing. Right. And then he points out this little tiny spot in a little town <laughs> and says, that's where I want you to work. I'm like, wait, no one will ever see what I'm doing. No one will know. You, how hard I'm working, yeah. how well my work is done. And okay. it's this, he says, art thou working for them or for me? So I'll just go back your question right. about vitality. For me, it's just showing up where the Lord needs me to be. If it's at the right. meeting, if it's in my home, if it's in my work, where it is that I show up with purpose, with the spirit of the Lord and with the desire to serve him and build the kingdom. 
Okay, so I think another really important point here about being willing to accept whatever the contribution is, is to also be able to understand what it is. Because how can you get where the Lord needs you to go if you don't know where he needs you to go? And this principle is illustrated so beautifully in the scriptures because it was important for the Savior too. And this is the part of his life where he went up to the mountain and experienced the transfiguration with Moses and Elias. And this is what the scripture says. He went up into a mountain to pray, and behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elias, who appeared in glory, and this is it right here, and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. Oh, wow. When I read that for the first time, I was like, what? Yes. Yes, of course. He was about to do, he was about to make his unique and vital contribution, and he needed to be prepared. He needed to have some understanding around it. And so I think that is a really important part of, of our showing up. We can, we can look to the great exemplar, our Savior, and know that, that he had somewhat of an understanding of what was going to be asked of him. And so in that same vein, I feel like we are, we're allowed to go to the Lord and seek his guidance and counsel in very specific ways about how he needs us to show up. I like that, that we can go in specific ways. Right, because we just need to know that. Right. Because <laughs> we can all want to show up faithfully, show up at the table, but we kind of need to know what's, what's going to be asked of us, or at least at a minimum trust that we've been prepared. Because we can't, I think it is unrealistic. Well, my personal experience has been that I don't get to see very many steps out into the darkness. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would, I have very similar experience as well. Well, mm-hmm. you know, and Elder Nelson said something at conference too, this past conference, you know, we had talked a lot about it being unforgettable. Uh, this is going to be, right. and then as soon as the COVID-19 hit and people found themselves in quarantine and it was impacting different areas of the world, we all said, oh, this is why, this is why, you know, this, this is the <laughs> yeah. reason. And, um, but Elder Nelson, I'm sorry, President Nelson uh, himself, you know, how did he say it? He says, I didn't even know. Or little did I know, is that what he said? I little did I know when I promised yes. you at the conference, you know, last October, that this April conference would be memorable and unforgettable. That speaking to a visible congregation <laughs> of fewer than 10 people would make this conference so memorable and unforgettable for me. Right. Right. So, so yeah, so the, the Savior, I just love that example that you gave that of all places while the savior was receiving instruction it was also instruction about his 
um, his vital contribution and, and what mm-hmm. he needed now to be prepared for that contribution. And mm-hmm. that as we go forward, we can trust that even if we can't see all of it, obviously, mm-hmm. that that contribution is still what the Lord is asking and what he, where he's guiding us. Yes, that it was so important for him to understand just enough so that he could pull off what only he could pull off. Right. The hard part, though, is getting clearer on what that is. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like I say, they can go back to the, the memes. Oh, we're, you know, we're doing a great work. Well, what is it? Yeah. What's the work? What am I, What is know? the, <laughs> yes. Where are we in this? Yeah. So. Yeah, well, one, one thought that comes to my mind about that is just that over the probably the past five or six years of my life, I have felt a push, like a drive in me that there is, that, that there is a way I need to show up in more, that looks more than just fulfilling my current calling at the time. And I've tried to get my fingers in all sorts of other little areas and just tried a little bit of this here and this here and not quite sure how it should look. And it's just a little bit of light has come in, in one form or another until, look, here we are <laughs> doing this thing that we feel a tremendous amount of passion about. But I, I had no idea that it, it would take this form when all of that was was cooking in me and moving me and preparing me in ways that I couldn't fully understand at the time. But I just kept kept just incrementally moving in the right direction. Okay, well, could you elaborate a little more on that? How do you go about getting clear? Because if you believe, you know, you start out a place of belief. I believe that my contribution is unique and it is vital. But so yeah. now we need to get clear on what that contribution is. And we've talked a little bit mm-hmm. about that. But what do you do, Jody? How do you get clear? Um, so one of the first things I do when I'm trying to get clear is I, I go to the Lord first. And that is in part because I am such an introvert. And I just live my life with... All of my feelers are just wide open all the time. And so I take in so much that that then I just get overwhelmed so easily. Uh, I think it's just every introvert's challenge. And, and so I have to be very deliberate and careful about what I do. Because I've spent plenty of my life just believing that I should take on this and this and this and all the different projects and construct a life that looked to me like the life it was supposed to be. And, and I just, at various times, have ended up flat on my face. Mm-hmm. It, even with the best of intentions. And so I think all those rough experiences have just led me to trust that I can go to the Lord and he can help me hone my resources so that where I give is going to be in the ways that really matter. So I, I go to the Lord first and I just say, is this a thing? 
You know, five or six years ago, I was going to him saying, I just feel like there's more, there's something here that needs to happen. So where is it? What, what is it? I can't see out very far. Uh, and so then I just get, you know, little, little inspirations here and there that come and, uh, I may not even understand that they're connected until all the pieces fit together at a later time. Mm. But I can trust that he will give me the important opportunities that will lead to that. So that's kind of, that's kind of my process. And I also, uh, I did get turned on to some of that from Elder Scott, who spoke years ago. Yeah, I love him. In his... Yes. Uh, and he talked specifically about going to the Lord and, and double checking and saying, so this is what I'm feeling. This is where I think I'm headed. Is this it? Did I get it right? Yeah. You're talking about his to acquire spiritual guidance talk. Yes. Yeah. It blew my mind. It blew my mind. I remember that talk. It, yeah. That talk changed my life in terms of how to relate to my father in heaven. It never occurred to me until he spoke about his own personal process that I could approach the Lord in that personal way. (laughs) Mm. I mean, I'll just give you a quick overview if you don't. Yes. um, Yes. No, say more. I I love it. it, Okay. So he tells this story about going on assignment from the church to different places to uh sat in on different sunday school lessons one sunday school lesson was excellent and felt the humility of the teacher and he starts receiving personal revelation and wrote it down another experience wasn't as uh Mm -hmm. i guess personally fulfilling for him but he still started receiving revelation anyway which is its own discussion actually the fact that you can yes you can be in places where you're not or other people are not giving you uh, a spiritual conduit, but you can still be receiving, you know, for yourself. And yes. Your anyway, so each time, though, he he started receiving revelation. Then he started to write some things down. Anything that kind of came into his mind as faithfully as possible. And that's what he said. He just kind of tried to write it down as it came. After each impression was recorded then he pondered about it to determine if he accurately expressed it in writing and then sought meaning in application well when it started happening again and this was the part that blew my mind he says he then he went to the lord and says he reviewed with the lord what he thought he had been taught by the spirit Okay, so, Father in Heaven, is this what you are saying to me? Like the fact, again, I, I just had no idea that you could approach the Lord in that way. And, and it changed everything for me. So I started myself just approaching the Lord. Okay, is this, is this what you're teaching me? And with Elder Scott, then he says a feeling of peace came. And so he then expressed his gratitude, right? He thanked the Lord for the guidance then was impressed yeah. to ask, was there yet more? 
And then he received more impressions. And then that process of writing them down, pondering and praying was repeated. And he says he was able to repeat that until he received some of the most precious, specific, personal direction one could hope to obtain in this life. He said, Mm -hmm. had I not responded to the first impressions and recorded them, I would not have received the last, most precious guidance. So we talk about this process and, and when you bring him up and, and say how, and, and I know you, you know, Jody, you have been so good at that. I think just naturally of seeking out and hearing the Lord as he, as he kind of explains and guides you in different directions. And this is, you know, this is just a really good way to start it out to get clear on what your vital contribution is or what one of the many are. Well, it's interesting because going through this process, what it really did for me that changed me was it gave me such a level of trust in what I sense and what I feel. It started to, it helped me to see that I, I did have a sense of where to head and, and what I should be doing and where I should go. And, and that maybe this wasn't, I was kind of feeling a little uncertain about that. And it wasn't because something was wrong with me. It's because I was being steered in another direction. Yeah. Uh, And that, like that, I think that's what this whole process hones is our own trust in that that inner voice in the spirit that is with us and guiding and directing. I would agree with that. I would agree. Yeah, so that is one way to get clear. Uh-huh. Jamie, tell us from your experience, how do you go about beginning to get that clarity? I'm a little different from you, Jody, in this sense. Now, obviously, this Elder Scott's talk and my experiences there have been um, like that practical application has been very effective for me in mm-hmm. terms of doing it. But even before I can get there, I have to write, I have to just write everything down. I, I mm. have a bunch of stuff in my brain all the time. I have so much going on in my head, um, ideas, creative processes, uh, needs, wants, other people's needs, wants. I just, mm-hmm. I feel like I am constantly uh, being flooded, frankly. And I have to, I have to figure out a way to get rid of all the distractions. And for me, that was a right. theme in this recent conference, just the use of the word distractions, getting those out of your life. That that was something that I attuned to mostly because that's my experience. I have to filter through. I am certain mm-hmm. that the Lord gives me lots of good uh, ideas and, and a lot of good things may come, but I am not, at least I have found for myself that they are not all my path. That just because something is good uh, does not mean that it's that it's necessary for me. And and this 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 has been right. talked about before, right? Good, better, best. There are lots of things in this world. Yes. Like this is not new to anybody. 
but my process of having to go through and, and let go of stuff, stuff that I'd really like to do or a business I just know would be successful if I just had unlimited time and resources <laughs> and these things that I could create in the background here and, and to let some of those things go in favor of things that mean mean more to me personally and that the Lord in the, his quiet, peaceful way has said, no, this really has to take precedence right now and that mm-hmm. these other things may have to wait even if they're good and exciting my process is a little bit more of elimination than just finding one thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it still works for me, you know? Right, right, which is the key. That's the key, to understand that you have a vital contribution and then to be able to go about it in the way that, that only you can and to understand it in a language that makes sense to you. And we can trust the Lord that he will reach us in those ways. Yeah. Because he wants us to succeed. He I mean this is an invitation. He's he's reaching his hand out to us saying, "Yes, come toward me. There there is there is something better here." He and he wants us to succeed in that process. And so does the prophet. I I love this quote from him. Um, from his fantastic talk from November 2015. It was a plea to my sisters. I plead with my sisters of the church to step forward. Take your rightful and needful place in your home, in your community, and in the kingdom of God more than you ever have before. Oh, can I just say something about that really quick? Yes. In, In her thing, Joy D. Jones quotes, not exactly that, but she said, in reference to the prophet, he pleads with us, which indicates priority, which I thought yes. was really interesting. She's reminding us yes. that when the prophet of God pleads for something, that we need to make it a yes. priority in our lives. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that is very specific and unique to women because we do excel at the multitasking. Mm-hmm. There are so many things that we can do at one time. So many hats to wear, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Women wear many hats. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. Joy D. Jones says women wear many hats, but it is impossible and unnecessary to wear them all at once. Right. So it is this process of dis- believing in and discovering our vital contribution is going to necessitate a paring down of our abilities Mm -hmm. so that we give our best resources to the things that matter most. Yes. Yeah. I like that wording. I could use that in my prayers, just my personal asking the Lord to help me pare it down specifically Mm -hmm. and so that I could hone my energy to where it matters. Right. We are in good company in this venture. Yes, we are. And friends, we hope you felt some fire about your vital contribution and in thinking about how you can partner with the Lord to be on the path where you can show up as your best self and take your place at the table. Yes, because this table is an important place to be at. And your contribution, if it's not given, it will be missed. So this podcast is all about seeing that place 
taking it and knowing that it's yours. Thank you for joining us. And we'll see you next time. See you next time.